When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line. Here are your co-hosts, Doug Maurice and Shahan Jeharaja. And we're back. Thanks to you guys for joining us here on the College Football Survivor Show. We want to make sure we direct you to the Apple Podcast Show this week, which we just recorded, by the way. We're doing this back-to-back uh, on Tuesday morning. And... We decided who were the sure thing teams in college football for 2022. We've been doing this podcast for a year now, Shahan. We started the first episode dropped July 14th last year. We have done 104 episodes, about half free, a little more than half free, half other for Apple podcast subscribers in those 52 weeks. And what we started with a year ago was Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma, they had taken up 20 of the 28 playoff spots. They were sure things they're in. And then we added teams to the the discussion during the course of the preseason. We had to set the new foundation, the new framework for that discussion this year. And we did that on the Apple Podcast Show this week. If you guys want to subscribe to that, it's $2.99 a month. You get four episodes a month as part of that. You just go to Apple, you subscribe. You guys know how to subscribe to stuff on Apple. So we'd love to have you be part of that. But today, what we're doing on this show, Shahan, we are making our perfect college football playoff committee. There are 13 people on it. The way it works right now, right, is that it's a an AD from each of the Power Five conferences. Then, as it stands right now, there are three other current ADs who are part of it. So eight of the people of the 13 for this year are currently running college athletic departments. And then there are five more people. There's always a media member, a former media member that always like a junk professor somewhere. Do you know what a junk means by the way? Uh, I think that it basically just, uh, I, I don't know what the word means specifically, but you know, just basically it's somebody who they don't want to have to actually pay. Yeah. 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 No, I'd want to be one of those. I don't know how you get to be in a junk. I- I'm kind of surprised that you're not. So am I. There's a college in my town. There's a co- I could walk to a college in my town and they haven't adjuncted me. Yeah, no, come on. Come on. We got to we got to step it up. I, I feel like for me, uh, I'm so mad uh, that that Baylor doesn't like remember me enough. And so or, or <laughs> Baylor journalism, Baylor journalism, the, Baylor hmm. University definitely, definitely remembers me when they're asking you for money. That's the only time they remember me. But uh, but and I'm like, listen, I, I went to journalism school. It's not, I don't know about all that. If you go to journalism school, your college should just send you a twenty dollar bill every month and be like, <laughs> we hope we hope that you're eating. Um, so, yeah, no, you'll be adjuncted. They'll adjunct you someday. Now, I might be too late for me to be adjuncted. So I would still like to be it. So there's eight current ADs, a media member. It's Kelly Whiteside. who used to work at USA Today. And then there are four. There are three former players and a former coach. The former players are Rod West, who was a linebacker at Notre Dame, John Urschel, who was a lineman at Penn State, and Will Shields, who was a lineman at Nebraska, and then Jim Grobe, the former uh, coach at 
Ohio, Wake Forest, briefly Baylor. Um, he's the former coach on there. So that's their group, right? And the five ADs who rep, who represent the five power conferences, that's a must. The media members are must. And then I think they kind of wiggle around with the rest of that stuff. As we make our perfect committee here, in general, do you think the way they go about making up the committee makes sense? Or do you think there are inherent flaws? I think that they generally do a good job. I will say, uh, a big picture, I've, I've got a question. I mean, how do you feel about the fact that so many people on this committee are, like you mentioned, actively running college football right now? It feels like a weird conflict of interest, right? It is insane. Yeah. It's ridiculous. A... Because it's a conflict of interest and B, because their other jobs are very important and very busy. And while these athletic directors are supposed to be administering the soccer teams and the swimming teams and the tennis teams and the wrestling teams and the fencing teams, they're watching college football games in conferences they're not even part of because they're trying to get a handle on who they should vote 23rd on in the poll on November 16th. And if I was the president of a university, I would tell my ID, you're not allowed to do it. (laughs) You have too many other things to do. You don't have time for this. I think it's ridiculous that current athletic directors are attempting to do their full-time jobs and also study college football enough to know what they're talking about. Right. I, I understand why they're doing it because it's their thing and they don't want to let it go. But Shahan, we lived in a world where for decades and decades and decades, a bunch of sports writers sitting around voting in a poll decided who the national champion was. Now, also, there was a coach's poll, but they trusted sports writers before. And then they were like, no, 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 no. We're going to make this group that has one sports writer. And I'm not saying sports writers are the end all be all, but I don't think current ADs make much sense it's a weird position to be in uh a a lot of like competing conflicts of interest too right because you maybe want to rep your conference in some ways you you might i I mean one thing that uh that especially early on and again as you guys know i was at baylor in 2014 when all of that went down but like one thing is too like the way that you make up that room also values different things based on uh, what the committee's made up of, right? So, like, back when when uh, Baylor was really good, people were like, well, they, they're they an offensive team. Real teams play defense. And, you know, maybe that's true. But, like, is Iowa better than – I, I don't know. You know, like, I, I think that it's worth having that kind of discussion instead of just uh, going in and assuming things, right? And if you have more people from Big Ten country, you – Maybe you have people who value running the ball. If you have more people from the West Coast, you value passing the ball. You know, it's there's a lot going on here. And and I feel like uh, so I think for me, you know, we'll, we'll obviously get into this. Having people with disparate perspectives, I think, is just a huge, huge part of it. And, and it's like you said, I mean, look, we are around media members all the time. You obviously cover uh, Ohio State quite a bit. Uh, it is very difficult and a completely different job to have to follow national college football than it is to focus in on a team or God forbid, focus in on an athletic department. Yeah. So I, I think it's one of those where, cause again, they like sign assign conferences to people. It's not like if you're, you know, 
Gene Taylor, who's the Kansas State AD and is the Big 12 rep, it's not like he is in charge of watching Big 12 games, right? Like they have other things that you're sort of assigned to. And so they sort of are trying to balance out the bias by having equal bias, by having one rep from each Power 5 conference. But yet then there have been issues in the past where there was a year where Ohio State and Oklahoma were both in the thick of the playoff conversation. And Joe Castiglione, the Oklahoma AD, and Gene Smith, the Ohio State AD, were both on the committee. And every time their schools were discussed, they had to lead the room. And like the only discussion that mattered was around their schools. And it's like now you're doing this extra job all year. And when you're having the only discussion that matters, you have to leave. I've said if you're going to have power five ADs, it should be the AD of the school that finished last in football the year before. Because if you you can't be recusing yourself this year, it's the ADs from Kentucky, North Carolina State, Colorado, Michigan, and Kansas State. That's better than it's been in the past. The Clemson AD has been on this committee, the Ohio State AD, the Oklahoma AD. But there's a chance that both Michigan and NC State could be in the mix. And can you imagine being Boo Corrigan? And it's like, oh my gosh, it's the greatest, literally the greatest season in the history of NC State football. We are right in the thick of the playoff conversation. Are we going to make it? And I have to leave the room so there's no ACC rep in the room when our fate is decided. What are we doing? Why is Boo, Boo Corrigan should recuse himself tomorrow and tell... Somebody from a terrible ACC team, like, I don't know, Clemson, to go in there and you. <laughs> That's from the previous show. If you guys go listen to the Apple show. So, go, like, go, like, the Rutgers AD should be on this thing constantly. So, the Kansas AD should be on this thing. So, it's, there's a lot to it that makes not a lot of sense. And there are a couple things that, that I've, so beyond that, I think what you, what you do want is, People who view football different ways and have different backgrounds in the game. And I don't think they have enough of that. And then I also do think, though, you need a mix between sort of nitty gritty experts about certain areas of football, which is where you get into like former players, for former coaches. And I do think they deserve to be a part of it for sure. But I also think you need synthesizers of information. And that actually, I think, is where ADs come into play. Because ADs, a lot of them did play college sports, but some of them didn't, and some of them didn't play at the highest level, right? And so you don't have to have done it, but you have to, in a world, you have to be able to surround yourself with smart people, take in all the information they offer you, synthesize that information, and make a decision. And that, I think, is an incredibly important part of this. And I think you need almost of these 13 people, you need some presenters who will say, I think this, I think this, I think this. Then you need some synthesizers who take in the different forms of presenters. And then those synthesizers represent to the presenters, well, I've heard this, I've heard this, I've heard this. So I think this. And then somebody who has a certain viewpoint says, you know what? I look at football this way. I don't think about football that way, but the way you've synthesized the information has helped me. And you create a loop there. I think that's the ideal situation. So I do think they have a mix of experts and synthesizers with the former players, former coaches, and the current ADs. But I still think it could be better. I still think it could be better. Do you think it could be better? They could get a a better group of 13 people. I think that they could. Uh, I would probably 
try to well i mean we'll, we'll obviously get into it when we when we pick our committee i think that they should get more people like you said of different perspectives it's a lot of athletic directors which is not a bad thing and a lot of athletic directors come from different backgrounds but they just think of the sport a certain way like you said uh i think that obviously we've had a wave of ex-coaches come through i think that that's a good thing but like you know i so i mean somebody that i love you know somebody that, that i think is going to uh be under consideration for my committee is like I love that John Urshel's on it right like that's such a random guy who's such a brilliant you know he's like a math PhD he's like obviously an offensive lineman I think he just thinks completely differently than everybody else in that committee who are these like hard-headed football guys but he also played but he played football right right he's a mix yes 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 and of course played football but but I, I want more people like that who just think of all of this a little differently instead of you know, cool Gene Taylor's there, cool Rick George is there, you know, these athletic directors. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that they don't have value. I think that we should have some athletic directors, but this shouldn't be an athletic director board. I don't think we should have any current athletic directors, actually. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I, 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 that's where I stand on this. So we're going to try to pick our committee. So we'll go back and forth. I have, and I think we can pick people or we can pick types of people. So maybe you don't know exactly the person because I do have I wound up with a group that is a much wider mix of types of people. And I'm not going to get them all on our committee here because we're going to be a balance. We're going to work together, Sean. And, and I do think that we should try to identify an example of if we think of a person, then then like a type of person. I think we should try to think of an example. All right. Quick break. We'll come back and start creating the perfect college football playoff committee. Actually, it's the college football playoff selection committee because they're selecting things. So it's the CF college football, CFPSC, the CFPSC. Everyone knows the CFPSC because then there's like the advisory committee who like oversees stuff. It's like the chancellors. And then there's the one that's like the, the AD. board of managers, the, you know, all of us. We're not here to pick yeah. a board of managers, frankly, let's be clear. That's, <laughs> That's an Apple show for later. That you got to subscribe to talk about the board of managers. We'll do that next after this. Don't miss the College Football Survivor Show bonus episode this week. Available only on Apple Podcasts. We had a conversation last year where we ranked the coaches of all the playoff contenders. It was like, Kirby, smart. Kirby, smart. What's he, like, last? Uh, that, that was only you. I was I was uh, on the Kirby train heading into the year. Yeah, yeah. D- don't make me pull up the tapes. Listen, once we get maybe more than about two months removed from a show, it's just the opinion of the show. And you're strapped to me. And so we sink and swim together. The thing that happened with George is... The fundamental thing that made them a very good team and on the edge of that playoff contender status, that remained and was reinforced. And I think the thing that may have held them back previously, which is can Kirby Smart get them over the top, changed. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts for exclusive College Survivor Show bonus episodes. All right, Doug and Shahan are back to pick the perfect 13-member college football playoff selection committee. I have a point to make with two of my selections. All right. May I make them? Go for it. Well, I guess I am making them or strongly suggesting them. It's not just – I think we can do a little better than I pick six, you pick six, and we have one compromise candidate. We can talk it out. But my first two are Joel Klatt and Kirk Herbstreit. 
Because Fox and ESPN <laughs> run the sport, and why should we pretend otherwise? <laughs> so you take the, ana- the analysis face of your network, that as soon as the rankings come out, the guy that you go to to say, why are these wrong? Put him on. And I know that that can sound like silly. They run the sport. And when ESPN or ABC has a big game, Who's on there breaking down the game because they talk to coaches, they played the game, they break down film, Kirk Herbstreet. And when Fox has a big game, who's on there offering analysis because they played the game, they talk to coaches, they break down film, Joel Klatt. I am 0% joking about this. It would add excitement to it. It would add interest to it. Fox and ESPN would no longer be outside observers. Why should they be outside observers for this? They're not outside observers for anything else. And I complain about that most of the time. But on this, I'm opening the door, baby. And then let them talk about what the deliberations were like. I also did a mock exercise a couple years ago where they have media members come in. They come to Texas. You do. You go through it. Joel Klatt was there with me when I did it. He does not like the process. He thinks it's all nuts. He thinks it's all crazy. So put him on like he'd be great. And I've had some issues with what things Herb Street has said in the last year, but he'd be great at this. Put him on completely serious. No, I I think that the one piece that you'd want if you got these two guys on is you would want more like more ability for them to talk about it. Right. You would want to like write in the idea that these are college football voices. And so putting them in the room and then putting them on TV, but muzzling them about this process is silly. Right. So, but no, I mean now, obviously right now Fox is not part of this process is an ESPN production through and through, but you know, obviously I think that I think in 2026, we're probably going to be in a world where, uh, where those two are the guys. So, no, I, I think they do make a lot of sense, uh, you know, just from a profile perspective, obviously both former players, uh, they they are from different parts of the country. Uh, I Obviously, at this point, I wouldn't consider them because because on my list, I do want to include a rep from the five major conferences. I don't consider these guys as part of that. I think that they're the TV guys more than that. Um, but, you know, they, one is from the Midwest and one is from, uh, you know, the Colorado. Right. So, like, I think that that's cool to get some people from different uh, different backgrounds and perspectives. And also, by the way, two former quarterbacks, and we're a little like lineman heavy on the former players right now. Like <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah. have, I mean, for real. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. The coach, the, the quarterbacks coach. That's the thing. All the quarterbacks go into coaching because uh, because they can be the the hot young offensive assistant name, and uh, and so all the big time guys just do that instead. So are you? I'll put them down. Like you're generally open to this thought process, though. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Joel and Herbie. Okay. All right. Throw who you want to throw out. So I think that uh, one of the first things that comes to mind for me is, uh, and gosh, we're going to end up, uh, obviously the two of us are going to end up being a little more media centric probably than, than most other committees that people make, but, uh, but we'll see. I think that they need somebody who's not just a stats guy but like really understands stats right really understands the numbers can because i don't think it's just about presenting numbers and having numbers i think it's about 
explaining how this works to the 73 year old guy in the room who just sees numbers and is like, I miss the days when I just hit my head on stuff. And so I think that, uh, I, I think that for me, you can just say Barry, Barry Alvarez. You can just say Barry Alvarez. There's a lot of them, man. There's a lot of them. Uh, so to me, the ultimate college sports stat guy, we're going back to ESPN, is Bill Connolly. Uh, obviously, formerly of SB Nation, now of uh, of ESPN. I think that he communicates very well. I think that he'd be able to talk even these people through the process. I think that uh, he brings an interesting perspective to the sports. Um, you know, I certainly like that he's very, uh, in his perspective, tends to be very inclusive of understanding the group of five, understanding, uh, you know, the non-major powers, right? Uh, so so for me, I think that Bill Connolly could really give context because you talked about it. When you went on your mock committee, they give you a lot of data. And... I'm sorry, not everybody on this committee is built to take in data, right? That's not correct. A lot of people are built to do, and that's fine. It's football. It doesn't have to be that serious, but you do need somebody there, I think, who understands data, and I think that Bill Connolly is that guy. There's even proprietary data that they give you that's not just like, yeah. you know, looking up stuff that anybody can look at. They they really, they really, really heavily yeah. Go through. That's one of the main things they do as the group because they all kind of watch film and watch the games that week on their own. And then they come in to have the discussion and the data really drives the discussion and that they don't have an analytics person in that room is nuts. So I had like analytics person down also. Um, There's a thing called the big data bowl that the NFL does. I think they've done it for four years now where they sort of have a conference where they welcome ideas from college students, from people sort of outside football that they ask you to analyze a particular part of football and then break it down statistically and try to find answers. I would almost be up for, and I, this is going to get to a theme that I sort of have. I sort of have a group and I'm kind of up for that group being in charge of picking somebody for the committee every year. Hmm. So it's almost like have your football analytics conference and then maybe have people run for committee member and make presentations why I should be the analytics representative on the college football playoff committee this year. And then have that group of people vote and then tell the committee, this is your guy. This is your woman. This is the person we picked him. So maybe it's Bill Connolly one year. Maybe it's somebody else another year. So I am a thousand percent in line on this. And I think it is a flaw. If I was listing up flaws of that, they don't have this perspective represented in a room of 13 people where you have five current ADs, where you have three former players, where you have three more ADs from non-Power 5. I think it's a, I think it's a mistake. I think it's an outright mistake. And I'm not saying that analytics should rule the selection, but I think there should be some portion of that in there. So, and I think a lot of sports writers would agree with us because, but again, there's a lot of sports writers. It took a while for a lot of sports writers to come around on analytics. Maybe you and I are just more magnanimous and open-minded than the average sports writer. Do you think that's true? I mean, I, I do think so in a lot of ways. I think that, uh, you know, we understand that this is a piece of the puzzle now. And if you're going to use it, which the playoff has previously decided they're going to use it. You need to have people there who understand it. You can't ask these 70 year old men to just like have an understanding of how data systems work. And so if, if you don't know, and I think that more than anything, right, for, with us as reporters, 
our answer is always, hey, if we don't understand, let's ask somebody. Well, let's get somebody in the room for them to ask. Yeah, I think that's right. This would be a, a presenter. Yeah. Let me sort of present the analytics viewpoint and then to allow people to synthesize better. Okay, that's a good one. That's our third person. I'm going to go another. This is This is more crazy. I have sort of three crazy groups that might sound weird. A former Heisman winner. Okay. As sort of selected by the Heisman Trust. Okay. Or by the people in the Heisman house. Maybe they just, I don't know, maybe they have a little mini Olympics in the backyard. Maybe they do, but that's the threshold. And there are enough Heisman winners who are not currently playing in the NFL. You know, they can be a little bit older. They maybe just are out of the game. And I think it would add interest and it adds, I don't know if it should add legitimacy, but I think it would add, not, not Johnny Manziel. Can we exclude? <laughs> it's like, hey, we picked, it's it's Johnny. <laughs> Here's Johnny. <laughs> Johnny's like, guys, 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 come on, guys, 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 come on, come on, guys. Yeah, so like, not Johnny Manziel, but I don't know, Jason White or Archie Griffin or Tim Tebow, I don't know. You can find somebody. Please don't give Tim Tebow another job. I know. He's is he still playing minor league baseball or what I don't know what is he playing cricket now? Who knows? So like if you're gonna ha- you're gonna have former players, I just think one of thirteen, you know, whatever it is, eight percent of the vote, I I think it's interesting. And I think it's a slight wrinkle on what what currently exists and again let the heisman people this doesn't have to be you don't have to run for this because nobody wants to be the guy who lost the heisman committee vote (laughs) but the people the heisman winners who are interested can let the heisman trust know and then the heisman trust can pick and we can rotate through what do you think of this idea yeah no i i definitely think so the funny thing about it is that i feel like the first two who come to mind as being uh sort of good picks are both also media members for uh, for these major networks. Because I think that either Matt Leinert or Robert Griffin would both be really good at this. Mm, yep. But but again, then we get back into the whole uh, ESPN Fox thing. And I think that we need to be moving away from that. But I, no, I think that there's a lot of good options. Um, you know, obviously, I think certainly, you know, that I, I would like to get more player representation in the room, right? And especially players yeah. who aren't just... I don't know, not to not to hate, but like not just the quarterback at Alabama or something like that. Right. I want to get people who kind of have different perspectives of college football came up different ways. Like and so I think that uh, I think that definitely trying to get somebody in the room um, with the Heisman background, I think, makes a lot of sense. Do, do you want to pick one of these guys who, who would maybe be your first representative? Who would be my first representative? It makes me want to look uh, at a Heisman list. <laughs> you know, y- y- now, listen, I mean, it's like um, I'm going to say, I guess, Jay Burwanger. Is he alive? I don't, I don't know, man. Hey, look, he won Billy the Cannon. Heisman in <laughs> 1935. Let me look up on Wikipedia if Jay Burwanger is alive. Oh, he only died in 2002. 2002. So <laughs> we didn't miss ago. him by uh, as much as you would have thought we might have. For, from my perspective, I also, just, just to add to this, I don't think that people should be recused. I think that if you... If you're a representative of a league, right? So let's say, uh, let's say that we added Matt Leinert and USC was in the discussion this year. If you don't trust him to fairly look at USC's place in the context of the playoff race, 
then you shouldn't vote him to the room, right? Like, I, I mean, cause, cause, you know, with, with these athletic directors, they have like financial stakes that manipulating the market obviously could play, which is part of why I don't think that we should have sitting ADs on this board. But, you know, if you've got a liner, if you've got a, you know, if you've got, uh, you know, somebody like that, right? A Billy Sims, right? Like if you've got somebody, an Earl Campbell, like I think part of the deal has to be that you trust them to make decisions that are right and fair. And if you don't, then like you just shouldn't put them on this committee. I don't think they should have to recuse themselves. Yeah. Is Herschel Walker available? Do we know if Herschel Walker's busy? Um, let's go with either you pick of these two. Barry Sanders or Bo Jackson? Let's give this thing some juice. Who do you want for the first one? Let's uh, l- let's go with Bo. Let's go with Bo. Anybody excited about Bo Jackson being on the college football playoff selection committee? Is that getting anyone juices flowing? Do you know what it's going to do? It's going to make Alabama's path harder, which I think we're all in favor of. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to put him down as my SEC member. We we had a uh, yeah. Uh, well, twelve of the thirteen members thought Alabama should be number one this week, but uh, another person put them one thirtieth. So uh, we don't know what happened. And it's like, and then Bo, like Bo, comes out and he's wearing like the catcher's mask and like all the different sports things. And like, are you gonna argue with Bo Jackson? I like. It. Okay, so our Heisman winner is in. Who you got next? Yeah. So I, you know what? I, funnily enough, I'm gonna go with the next player. And I'm going to go back to what I said before. I I want John Rochelle to stay on this committee. I think that he's also somebody who understands numbers, like we talked about. Uh, He's somebody who also walked away from football because he understands that there's more to life than football for him. Uh, You know, I I just think that he's got such a cool profile, right? Obviously, the math background, the playing background. He was an All-American player at Penn State. He, He obviously played in the NFL for multiple years with the Ravens. Like, he is just the kind of player who I think you know, it's just a little different than everybody else, right? Like he just kind of beats the the beat of his own drum. And I like that. I love having somebody in the room who's like that. Like you said, this, this board tends to be a little lineman centric, but I think that he is a great representative as a lineman on this committee. Well, we now have Clatt and Herb Street as quarterbacks balancing out the linemen a little bit. So we got to have some linemen. I just don't want only linemen. Not, not only linemen. This is a this is like a very specific. It's like, could we get a former player who also has a PhD in mathematics? Right. Anyone else right. that is on that list? Well, we have to uh, sit him and Bill next to each other too. Yeah. So I, I like this. I don't want to. I'm not going to argue against this at all. I, I think there's some categories, and maybe we'll be sliding people a little bit as we get along here. But let's just move on from John Urshel. I think he's a really smart person to have on the committee now. And now I'm going to do another crazy thing. Okay. I also kind of can't believe this hasn't happened so far. And let's get let's involve another major player in college football. Why not acknowledge how important this group is and give them some power? And that's Dr. Pepper. So (laughs) the fact that we don't have a Dr. Pepper fan competition to be on the college football playoff selection committee blows my mind. My first job in 1996 or something, the advertising manager of my little newspaper was selected to be one of those Dr. Pepper halftime person people to throw footballs through hoops to win like $4 million. And so he would go out at lunch every day in the office in the parking lot and throw footballs and trash cans to practice. He did not win the million dollars. But like Dr. Pepper, it's all over. I actually think 
We should have a competition for fans to apply to be selected as the fan member of the college football playoff selection committee. And you have to submit your credentials. I'm not talking about like a face painting person. I'm not talking about like beer hat guy with the can on each ear. I'm talking about educated, smart, cares about the game, college football fan. And it's one of 13. And that perspective, like what would that perspective bring? I'm not sure. And every one of those fans, you might get a fan with a PhD. You might get a fan who's a welder. You might get a fan who's 75 years old. You might get a fan who's 19 years old. I don't know. But what do you do? What's the first credential? The first criteria? You love college football and you watch a lot of it and you've watched it for a while and you have some context to the game. Why is that wrong? It might be wrong, but tell me why it's wrong. One of 13. I am just confused about what criteria you use to narrow down what a fan is. Because well, how do you well, how do you measure anything? You have people send in. I don't know. You fill out an application and then some I'm an intern. You have an intern go through and you pick out the best hundred. What's what's the criteria for the intern? No, I don't know. Just like that. You that you care and you're smart. No, 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 no. What, what's the criteria that the intern is is judging these? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they have interns at the college. This would be this. Could, well, it's Dr. Pepper. It's up to Dr. Pepper. Isn't Dr. Pepper? Maybe we could have it take place at the Dr. Pepper Museum in Waco, where people could Great. come and you'd have to apply in person. Yeah, <laughs> you have to apply. I don't know. You can do it. We'll do it. You and I'll decide. It'll be people who listen to this show. But I think you could find them. I think like we find regular people who are chosen to do extraordinary things, quote, regular people, right? We, we, we do that. You apply and you show your credentials and you, I don't know, you get, you get some free Dr. Pepper out of it too. Like, I really mean it. I do mean it. I understand that it's perhaps it's a little complicated. Maybe you apply to the, the team that you like, and then we get 130 fans from the 130 teams in major college football, and then we winnow that down. I don't know. But I think there's a way to do it. And also, again, I just think you get a little money out of Dr. Pepper for doing it. But You have to live in that village. What's it called? Dr. Pepper Football Village? <laughs> you have to be a resident of Dr. Pepper Football Village to make it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess Dr. Pepper is like, Dr. Pepper could pick any player in the country last year. To It's like NIL, we're all in. They picked that guy who was like 11th in ACC quarterback ratings. Maybe not Dr. Pepper. Because here's also the other thing, right? Fans are fans of a school. So like when we're talking like legitimate conflicts of interest, like that's a legitimate sort of like, yeah, I mean, you're a t-shirt. Again, like sure, you can find people who aren't t-shirt fans, but like, What's I mean, why would people who love a school but not too much apply for this? You know, like I, I just and the other thing, too, to mention, too, is that when you talk about a lot of the like biggest fans in college football, a lot of the the biggest fans kind of have tried to involve themselves by doing some level of borderline media, right, by doing an SB Nation blog. And so, and no, so like, for example, I just think that there's like I feel like there's better ways to to winnow this down than let's have some fans apply and reserve a spot for them. Okay. So you, so, but so do you, the idea of a fan, I understand you have some questions about the logistics. That's fair. I have a lot of questions about the logistics. You have 130 people apply. They all come live in Dr. Pepper football village for a year. And they do like a survivor style competition to be on the college football selection committee. How about that? I, I feel like, I feel like I'd almost be more open to like, 
a legitimate like fan vote like have like one of the ballots at the table be just like a fan vote like i feel like that would almost be easier and that again it's like you can't stuff the ballot box because you know tcu fans got all excited and they got him in the playoff you know because like i actually trust this is more like Truman Show. I love the Truman Show. I trust one person, probably one well-selected person. I think I trust more than a lot of people because if it's a lot of people, you can stuff the ballot box. Like all-star voting is is crazy. It's like, oh, what happened? It's like, oh, everybody in one city got all excited, <laughs> right? Uh, so everybody in the country of Georgia got uh, really excited and tried to vote uh, Zaza Pachulia in. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and also because they had the Truman Show, and then they had that Ed TV, which was like at the same time. It was the same thing where they just picked one person who was in charge of selecting the president, and it was Matthew McConaughey, right? And then Truman Show was different. That's like the whole world is built around Jim Carrey. Both good. Both sort of what I'm looking for here. Again, I, we're gonna get so much money from Dr Pepper out of this. I, I feel like the other part of this too is that, like, I mean, obviously, again, we're in media. Like, I know that media people are, like, fans at heart, too. Like, I mean, not, like, of teams as much, right? But, like, we love college football, you know? And so I kind of, like, I'm, like, I don't know if you get I, – I don't have a good example of a person, right? But, like, I – you. Yes, you. Me, me. You. It's me. But uh, I just have to drive down 15 minutes to the Gaylord, and I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be right there. But uh, I don't know. One of my other categories is the smartest person who lives within 15 minutes of the hotel where they've already are meeting. So you're in that mix. All the uh, the Big 12 Conference USA and AAC office are all within 15 minutes, too. So maybe they might have somebody. So we have analytics, TV people and guy who lives nearby is also on the list, along with Heisman winners. All right. So you're a little out on fan where I'm not going to put fan on our committee yet. You have questions. OK, OK. It's the mayor of the Dr. Pepper football village. You run for mayor, and one of the things the mayor gets to do is be on the committee. Does Larry Culpepper get to pick for us? <laughs> Highlight of my career. Oh, no. I'm at the I'm at the college football, the first college football playoff national championship game. And Larry Culpepper, the Dr. Pepper guy, you guys know Larry Culpepper. He's also an accomplished actor, but he was like the Dr. Pepper vendor guy. And so he was sort of around the media room. And it was sort of like, do people want to interview Larry Culpepper or what's going on here? And so I was there with the two people uh, who I was covering Ohio State with at the time. And we did a lot of stand up videos at that time where it's like, hey, here we are. We're covering uh, Ohio State versus Oregon. And so what we did, they were like, hey, does anyone want to talk to Larry Culpepper? And we had him walk through one of our stand up videos shouting, Dr. Pepper, who wants Dr. Pepper? And uh highlight until this podcast highlight of my college football journalism career you're out on fans so just to be clear i like fans shahan hates fans shahan who do you want to nominate next <laughs> um so okay so I, I feel like we've got a big 10 rep in john Rochelle. we've got an sec rep in bo jackson yeah it gets interesting from here i feel like um i do think that we have gone very player centric so far i feel like we could probably use somebody who has more of an administrative background or somebody see see here's the question too okay just just to take a big picture um i mean do you feel like conference people right i mean like i'm not saying the commissioner or something like that like how much did you consider somebody like that somebody who's like from a conference office or somebody who is in charge of football stuff over there like because because i don't know 
I don't think that's a terrible idea. So so are you are you interested in retaining representation of the power five? In a way, yes. So I also am interested in that. I just don't want it to be sitting ADs. Yeah. So I did sketch out five people. Okay. Who would be the representatives of their conferences. Okay. So whether that I had a lot, frankly, all mine were former coaches. Yeah. But all pretty recent former coaches. But I think there's room for that person to be a former player. I think it's there's room for it to be the conference administrator in charge of football. Like it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be George Kliakoff, but there's somebody at the Pac-12 office who watches a lot of football or who has part listen, the conferences have enough money that they could almost hire someone. To be there. Oh, what's your job at your con- at the conference at the ACC? It's like, oh, I'm the committee guy. Yeah, I'm the committee woman. That's what I do, and I got paid for that. And what do you do all? I watch football. Yeah, and then when it's not football season, I do other stuff. But like, I think there's room for something like that. There's enough money to go around to pay that person eighty five thousand dollars a year to throw themselves into like only this for five months. So I'm going to, uh, obviously this is, uh, this is current, obviously, uh, you know, in the next couple of years, it's going to change. So I'm going to pick my big 12 rep now. I think, it, I, I think it's got to be Bob Stoops. I, I think that I also would consider Bill Snyder, but I think that Bill Snyder should just spend time with his family because he's not a young man, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and that, that was my big reservation with coaches too, is I didn't want just like a bunch of 75 year olds, you know, like I, I want people who aren't that removed from the game and aren't that removed from the culture of the game. Right. And like, sometimes we just end up in this position where it's like an 80 year old trying to explain what 42 year old coaches are doing. And I just don't think it makes sense. I think Bob Stoops is still very much in the world with that. Right. I mean, obviously he's very involved at Oklahoma still. Uh, He's coached at the highest level. I think he's a smart football guy. He has experience by the way, in three different conferences uh, playing at Iowa and then obviously coaching in the big 12 and, and uh, coaching in the sec as defensive coordinator. So I think that Bob Stoops makes a lot of sense. I, I think that he adds a little bit of an authoritative voice in the room, which I think uh, will benefit from. But uh, but yeah, so for me, obviously this will have to change once uh, Oklahoma moves to the sec, but I think that he kind of can represent that mid-America part of the country. I had Gary Patterson, but I didn't know that Gary Patterson was like has some fake job at Texas as special assistant to the head coach of yes, Texas. Yes. There, there was a very funny photo of him that came out earlier that I'll make sure to send to you later. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, no. I mean, Gary for sure would be somebody to consider. Uh, Gary just hates everybody. Like Gary is mad at everybody all the time. And mm. I feel like he would be. I, I can't wait for Gary Patterson to go into the committee room next year and have to have a discussion between Baylor getting into the playoff and somebody else. It'll be great. <laughs> so I like the idea. It's like a recently yeah. retired coach. Like I I'm yeah. on that pathway as well with a couple people and I'll yeah. actually throw out one now sort of in this vein. I have yeah. Chris Peterson for the PAC 12 for this. Oh, that that's perfect. I think that's absolutely perfect. So like we're continuing on that vein. I think what we're trying to do is get representation from conferences that aren't as that isn't a current ad and is a little flexible so we're counting bo jackson as the sec rep because he's the heisman guy where we kept john urshell now we've gone coaches with stoops and chris peterson but i think we're just we're looking for a 
a greater mix of the representation. And I think we're going to wind up with something better here. So you're okay. I'm good with Stoops. You're good with, with Chris Peterson, former Washington coach. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's perfect. I think that he's representative of the Pac-12. Um, I think that obviously he knows the league very well. You know, the one thing with Stoops for me was that like, I, no, I mean, honestly, if Bill Snyder was a little younger, I think that maybe he'd be a better choice. But again, I, I want Bill Snyder to go, you know, sit in the field and enjoy his time and post occasional tweets like I, I don't want him to have to fly down to Dallas for this but uh, you know I think that Chris Peterson's perfect because he's so recent he's still pretty young and uh, and, and I think yeah can I a make a, a quick separate point okay can we make can we make the meetings on zoom <laughs> why is everyone flying to Texas for this and, and let me say this first one in person last one in person because the first one sets a baseline and the last one is the only one that matters but the other four can be on zoom you share screen you share screen here are the here are the numbers share screen i don't really know how to do the share screen i guess you hit the button and say share screen 47 these no one's putting me on the committee but also there's a tech guy there's a tech like like somebody somewhere else not no but obviously we can work it out i think that i'd be okay with that as long as I think that first week of meetings needs to be like a week of meetings. Like it needs to be like really being around each other a lot so that you like actually get to know the dynamics so that you actually get to talk the football. Oh, trust falls. I get it. Trust falls. <laughs> Team building exercises. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I don't know, man, I, I hate zoom calls, but, uh, but I this think this whole that- podcast is on zoom. I'd love to do it in person, but you live in Ohio. I'm over here grinding by the college football playoff offices, and there you are. I mean, I do a gazillion podcasts. I did one in-person podcast like two months ago, and I got comments from people like, oh, my God, the sound was terrible. It sounded like the other people were down the hall because we were trying to huddle around one microphone. And actually, so I like I just – I, again, some of this stuff... You don't have to do it around one microphone if you do it in person. You're how do you to plug in two microphones into one computer? Can you do that? I can't share screen and I can't <laughs> yes. plug in two microphones. Yes, you can. All right. Again, I am not the tech person for the playoff committee. We have some 25-year-old smart young woman who just graduated and she has like an IT degree. She's setting up all the stuff. I'm just here for my opinions. <laughs> all right. Bob Stoops, Chris Peterson, give me somebody else. We have seven people so far. So, okay, obviously I want legitimate re- representation for the group of five. And I think for me, I I really want to think hard about this because I think that maybe we need more than just one person who has somewhat of that background. I don't know if there's a, a smarter group of five guy than Chris Vanini over at The Athletic. I think that he just covers the group of five in such a smart way. He's very serious about it. He's very in the weeds with it. Um, he, you know, he's as well sourced as anybody when it comes to the group of five. I, I just think that it's hard because obviously these are five different conferences, right? Like these are not just <laughs> schools or anything like that. And so I think that you do need somebody who has, uh, who, who has perspective, who has breadth when you're really trying to provide legitimate representation for them. And so, you know, you can put the Wyoming AD like they've got right now, but like what good is the Wyoming AD doing for Houston making the playoff next year? So, you know, for me, I like it. Yeah. I, I think that Chris Vanini is somebody who really crosses a lot of those. And by the way, he is a, he does live up in uh, just North of Dallas. So he is within commuting distance. Can we, too many Texans. 
We can't have too many <laughs> Texans. How, how many are we at right now? I, that, I think only one. I don't one. know, but I, 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 only I, one, I, I think I, I don't know what people. I mean, I just know how you how you get. Uh, okay, so Chris Vanini, group of five. I think that's good. I'm gonna let me let me throw out another media person then, because I'll tell you there is nothing. And this is I've been doing podcasts since 2015. There is nothing that people like more than media people talking about media people. It is very relatable. It grounds the discussion. <laughs> I want somebody who sort of understands the dynamics of the committee itself. I think that's an, that's another lens. They know the sport, but they also understand the committee. This is both a football lens and a synthesizer lens and the way maybe personalities work in the room or whatever. And I'm not sure there's anybody who better understands that through their coverage than Heather Dinich of ESPN.com, who has covered um, sort of the, the, you know, the debates and the committee things for years. Now you can find other people too. And you probably, I mean, like we could say Dennis Dodd because he works with you and I don't want you to get fired. We probably have to have a CBS person on here at some point. It's a specific thing again, that it's not only do you know football, which Heather does, she was just the football writers association of America president, but then you also sort of understand how the committee works. And you've talked to people about the committee. I think that just like analytics would be valuable, just like former coaches valuable, just like former players valuable. I like that kind of synthesizer. So that's a specific lens. It's almost like a committee expert who also knows football. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, Heather's great. I mean, Heather's very smart. I think that you do a great job in the room. I, <laughs> I feel like the way that you described that kind of like <laughs> broke my brain a little bit. Cause it's like, you want somebody in the room who understands what it's like being in the room, which you yeah, learn right. from being in the room. Correct. So like No, you got it. You I, got it. Yeah. I almost feel like the way that you described it would like make more sense as like her being a consultant in the room or like her being an executive director, for example. I feel like that almost makes more sense. Well, like Bill Hancock's executive director and Bill Hancock like understands all of this and like he has a I think he picks the people to be on the thing. So like yeah. So, okay, so you're a little iffy on whether it's almost needed, because if your expertise is understanding the, not that Heather's not qualified, which she certainly is, but is this specific uh, expertise really at the top of the list? Yeah, I, I think that that would be my question, because like you said, it's she has as much, if not more, understanding of the committee and the process and the dynamics than anybody in all of college football, but you know, part of this would be that we're creating something new, right? We're creating something that isn't beholden to traditional dynamics, I guess you could say. And so I wonder if, so again, I, I feel like Heather would be a great executive director uh, who, who could kind of help shepherd people through the process. But I mean, I, I think that she's somebody who's worth considering based on her football reporting acumen alone, because she's really, really good at that. Yeah. Also, I don't want 13 dudes. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, all right, so we'll hold off on that for now. We still have eight. Joel Klatt, Kirk Herbstreet, Bill Connolly, slash an analytics person. A Heisman winner, which is Bo Jackson for now. John Urshel keeping his spot. Bob Stoops, Chris Peterson, Chris Benini. Give me somebody else, Shahan. So I think we have to go to the ACC now, right? Like, I, I feel like... That's the only power five that we don't have represented. Yeah, yeah. So... I know that obviously we've talked a lot about uh, about not having um, 
athletic directors and not having people in the sport on there, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go back on that. I'm going to go with Nina King from Duke as the ACC representative. She's their athletic director over there. Uh, and so I think that, I think she'd do a really good job. Obviously, you know, a lot of her job is to understand basketball, but I think that having somebody who's a voice in the room who kind of straddles a couple of these different lines, uh, I, I think that's something that makes a lot of sense. And like you said, I think that she's a very, very smart athletics mind, and I would like to have uh, a couple different perspectives in the room. And, you know, as a black woman, I think that she would be a great choice. Let's do it. I like it. I couldn't come up. I had Frank Beamer for the ACC. I didn't. I, I don't hate that. He's been on it, actually, I think. So I think that's fine. I, I didn't like that quite as much as I like. Bob Stoops or Chris Peterson or some of the other ones we came up with. He's just a little too removed. Frank Beamer's a little too removed, I think, at this point. I, I do like it's one of those things that's like removed but not too removed is sort of a needle to thread here a little bit. Let me do another. This is my last category. And again, I think you might like this one better. A current player who is not playing. So this is sort of like one-time walk-ons, players who have had their careers ended by medical issues, but are who are still in college. I want some, I want a college student on the college football playoff selection committee, but I'm not putting it out to every college student in the world. So an example would be like Harry Miller, who was the Ohio State offensive lineman who retired from football for mental health reasons. But there are hundreds of players who retire for medical reasons every year. And to give somebody like that an opportunity, someone who's given their life to the sport and had it taken away, and now you say, you know what? Let's let's open up an opportunity and we value your input. We value how current college football players think. Just because Marcus Crowley was a backup running back at Ohio State who had who had to medically retire this offseason, right? But you could find that Almost every major program, unfortunately, has a guy medically retire every couple years or so. So it, it would not be difficult to find this person. Again, they apply and the threshold is like you've played major college football and you're still a college student. Now, maybe you're getting your master's or whatever, but that's the that's the category. What do you think? So I, I like the idea. I like the idea. I wonder if the move, though, might be like doing some sort of fellowship where once somebody's eligibility is up, like then having them do another year, have them have the college football playoff selection committee fellowship. Yeah. And it's open to an ex player and it funds another year of education. You know, I mean, obviously they could get the, but it's more about the gesture and, uh, and then that person be on the committee. So they're a year removed from college football, but very much still there. Like having, to, we talked about the conflict of interest with athletic directors, like having somebody who is like actively sort of in some way or another still maybe even on a team, that that's kind of wild to me. I, I think that having somebody who's a year removed and kind of letting them be their own thing, but still have a lot of ties to college campuses and to the sport. I feel like that might be the move. I love it. Uh, that we're funding the fellowship. 
it's you're responsible for studying football. There's other things we can do. Yeah. There can be other things that you learn, statistical analysis. Make you part of an athletic director track, you know, yeah. uh, set, set them on that sort of deal. And then the second half of the year, you can really focus on that. But this is part of your focus at the beginning of the year. And and it's required that you have to have been a college football player in the last three years or something. Yeah. yeah. And you apply for that. I love it. It's a wrinkle on my idea. I think you're right about what you said. We're creating a fellowship. That's our 10th member three spots left. We'll wrap those up next on the College Football Survivor Show. The College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line. Doug and Shahan back. You got another idea? I want to go... I was really trying to think of somebody who would be, like, interesting or even maybe, like, amusing, because uh, we've had <laughs> Condoleezza Rice and General Ray Odierno on this tank committee and so i feel like i want somebody who like is just way outside of football right like somebody who just nowhere nowhere close right i didn't have somebody immediately come to mind uh one of my thoughts was you remember joe moglia uh who coached at coastal carolina he was the former uh ceo of td ameritrade so like he kind of has this interesting perspective that's like corporate but also college football uh he, he retired because of health issues but like he was really good at coastal carolina and he hired jamie chadwell and they promoted and and it's obviously worked i don't know if joe mowgli is perfect for that I, i'm trying to think though if there's like another person who would make sense who like i i like i mean it's funny but like i like sort of like somebody who comes from the political world or the corporate world or something like that how about somebody who thought they were going to be super busy with something and now is going to have more time on their hands than they anticipated. Elon Musk. <laughs> pass, pass. Twitter, the I, Twitter thing falls I, through. I, I, and you're like, how about the plan? How about this? How about the loser of the presidential election I every thought, four years? See, I, thought, I thought when you said somebody who thought was going to be really busy and has a lot more time than they expected on their hands, I thought you were about to say Hillary Clinton. but i mean it's like it's like we're sorry we're sorry that you lost the race for president here's your consolation prize you're on the college football selection committee i was thinking when you were saying outside the box i was thinking vladimir Zelensky, but i think he's busy he's a little bit you're talking about people who uh the opposite has a lot going on and thought that they'd have a smooth ride uh i I mean sri lanka just overthrew their prime minister he's not doing too much right now Should we just write down overthrown government leader (laughs) blank and just leave that open? I I mean, I I do like I think it doesn't have to be a dang four star general or secretary of defense. But like I do like having somebody come from the outside world, uh, somebody who does come from a background in government or leadership or something like that, because I just think that it's such an interesting perspective. So so I mean, it is it's the Condoleezza Rice spot. Yeah. Which was, I think, mocked by some people. Including me, to be fair. Including me. But when it comes to, like, synthesizer of information, yeah. it's like, you know who synthesizes stuff? Cabinet members. Yes. The, 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 the maybe head coach of the Cleveland Browns, correct? Yeah. So you, it's like, well, can you gather in a disparate views and bring that information together and make a decision that really matters? I think you've had training in that person who was in the cabinet person who is was a general so like i i i think that's 
I think that's interesting. And again, you probably need to like football, which she definitely does. Yes, yes, yes. But like, I almost think you could take someone who's not that familiar with football. And once you get them around experts, they would become an expert. And then like, there's no preconceived notions. You just listen to the other 12 smart people and synthesize and maybe think of things that those people didn't think of. Yeah, no, I think that they absolutely just become an arbiter of sorts, right? Where they're getting information and they're not married to traditional football logic. They're not uh, married to analytics. They're married to the best information they can find, right? Like, to to be frank, right? I, I think that, like, with me, I didn't come from the football world. And I think that makes me very open-minded to hearing people out because I don't know if anything's a good idea. And so I think that I think that getting somebody like that in the room is really important. And and I also think having somebody who is a an authoritative voice just in general. Right. I, I think that that can't be uh, that, that can't be overstated um, to have somebody who people respect in there. I think it changes the tenor of the whole room. All right. So I'm kind of out on because I had my fan thing kind of didn't make it. And we made Heather Dinich in charge of things instead of putting her on the committee. I have one more name, but do you have any more names left? We have two spots left. You go first. You go first. Okay, I have like a big thing that's going to wrap up with. It was going to like drop the mic. I, I don't have. I don't have. Uh, again, I have profiles left. I, I think that heading in, I thought that you know a media member, but we've obviously got several media type people on here. I feel like we need somebody else who's not from the major college ranks, right? I, I just think that a lot of our names are directly or indirectly from the Power Five. And, we don't, you know, look, we don't have to make too big a thing about the group of five, but like... The one thing is, is that it's mostly the Power Five that make it up. So well, is that 79 so teams made the top 25. I we know, need people... Who will get seventy nine? Are we teams? too inclusive? Is the playoff too inclusive? In the top twenty five. Uh, okay, so you. So who are you thinking of? Like, who are you? Just like, I. Th- I think we need somebody else from the West Coast. Uh, I think that's a big part of it. We we are very. Uh, I mean, obviously, college football is too, but like we are right now. You know, the the only people really from the West would be Joel Klatz and Chris Peterson. I will say, like, there are three people on the current committee who basically the the a large part of their current qualification is former player, and then they have succeeded since then, and they played at Penn State, Notre Dame, and Nebraska, and I am a little surprised by that. And there have been times, and when I was doing the the mock selection committee with Joel a couple of years ago, at that point there was a heavy Southern lean with a lot of the people. And so the people who aren't specific, it doesn't feel like they're particularly concerned with spreading those people out geographically because they were really Southern. Now they're really Midwest. So I guess we're trying to be better than that. But, you know, I don't know that people would be saying, oh, we just need another West Coast person because like that, they don't seem to be that worried about it. But we want to be better. We want to be better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that I think that one of the most existential issues facing college football right now, right, is that it's becoming a regional sport. It's becoming a, a niche interest. And uh, and I think that sort of this move towards consolidation only pushes that. Uh, so for me, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we need somebody else from the West somewhere. Um you know, a name that that I hear a lot of good things about from people is, uh, and obviously she's not from the football world, but uh, Gloria Navarez is the commissioner of the West Coast Conference. Now, again, not a football league, but somebody who I, I hear is very smart, obviously from the, the Western side of the U.S. I'm not saying it has to be her, but like, 
I think that uh, I think that getting somebody else from either California because we don't. I mean, look, I, I'm I'm very sensitive to to things being too Californian or too coastal, but like we don't really have anybody from out there right now. How about Steph Curry? I like it. <laughs> so so you're saying smart California person. Honestly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the person's name again? Gloria what? Uh, Navarez. Gloria, Gloria Navarez. All right, we'll put her in in the smart California person spot. I'm not making fun of that. I mean, and I think I think you're trying to represent viewpoints. Yeah. And so I don't think it's – I mean, and also that's a Big Ten rep too. California is a Big Ten country now. <laughs> so, um, all right. So I think this last spot for me comes down to two people. So I do think the one other specific person that I had in here as I was trying to come up with conference reps, I think you could move John Urshel, who played at Penn State, into like just smart guy, smart person spot. And if you want to go Big Ten again, I actually think this person would be good. And he does not have a lot on his plate at the moment. And it's Urban Meyer for real. Like it's like the he's same. in this room. He'd be really he's really good at it. And here's my other candidate. This is you decide unless you have an, a strong feeling. I want you to pick between these two people. OK. OK. For the last spot. One is Urban Meyer and the other one is you. <laughs> We're talking about media members with the national perspective. We want group of five representation. You are all about the group of five. Yet you agreed to be the co-host of a podcast that's all about the playoff. You impressed me on the FWAA All-American Selection Committee with your depth and breadth of knowledge. You know what's up in the Big Ten, but you also know the guy who's a great receiver at Texas State that should be a second-team All-American. Marcel Barbie, yes. You're young, right? Which uh, we're trying to have. It doesn't mean that old people can't be on it, but we want a wide swath of representation. You're not biased. You're a national college football writer. So it's either you or one of the 10 greatest college football coaches of all time. Who's more qualified? You or Urban? So so let me let me short aside real quick. So so back to the the West Coast thing. So another one other person to consider too would be a, another athletic director, but I think one who's really smart and good, uh Martin Germont over at UCLA. He he's kind of a, a young Big up and Ten AD Martin Germont. Yes, Big Ten. Right. <laughs> Big Ten AD. But uh you know so so he's somebody who's really young, really up and coming. He actually was at Boston College before this, so I think he has a and he's from and he was North at Ohio State, State before that. No. Of he was an Ohio was. State assistant uh, AD before that. So, and he's gonna he's gonna succeed Gene Smith. <laughs> All right, that's good to know. That's good to know. He's at the top of the list. Yeah. He's at the top of the list. No, I mean he's he's very smart. People like him a lot. Uh so you know, I, I think that either Gloria Navarez or, or if you want somebody with more football background, Martin Tremont, who was actually a uh was he a basketball player at uh yeah, at UNC Wilmington. So he so you know, I think I think you get some interesting perspective from that. When Ohio State in 2015 kept the JT Barrett Cardale Jones quarterback battle a secret. And we didn't know who the starting quarterback was going to be. And urban was like, you'll know when the guy takes the field. Like I was trying to like figure out like before the game, who it was going to be. And the person I texted on the sideline to be like, will you tell me who the quarterback's going to be? Was Martin Jormond, who was the assistant AD <laughs> at Ohio state then. And he said, no, <laughs> I was like, Martin, come on, man. So he's loyal to his program. He, it was 20 minutes before a kickoff. I was like, do you know the quarterback? He wouldn't tell me. So um, I am against sitting ADs. Now we had Nina King. So, but I, I am a, I am against it generally and in 
theoretically, but specifically, if it's just the right person for the job, I think it can work out. But I don't think it should be like that's different than like, hey, it's five sitting ads. Let's figure out who it is. It's more no, about no, these the person. were very specific people, right? And actually, okay. funnily enough, if it was Martin Germont, uh, it would be you know Nina King who comes in obviously from Duke, which is a basketball centric program, and Martin Germont, who's actually a college basketball player, right? So like, it's actually yeah. kind of interesting the backgrounds that these people would have. They're not just like. The thing, I mean, you know, the thing about both of the people that we would have picked, and, and again, I, I think that we can go with either Martin Germont or Gloria Navarez, but uh, the thing that I like about both of them is that they're not good old boys, right? They're not just people who yeah. are coming because their dads were involved in college football and they felt like they deserved whatever, right? Like, that's not what's happening. So I, I will say we're probably not heavy enough on good old boys at this point. Yeah, we probably need to go a little. We probably went a little too far the other way. But that's okay. We can see how our committee works for a year. And if we need some more guys who were college football coaches for 30 years, then we'll figure it out. But we have to make this final decision. I liked how I asked you to make a final decision and you were immediately like, let me do a seven minute sidebar on Martin Jarman. And I said, no, Shahan, it's you or Urban. What, one other thing, Matt Luke, uh, Matt Luke uh, is, is if we want a good old boy. Matt Luke from, uh, you know, former Ole Miss head coach, uh, longtime SEC assistant is like an ultimate good old boy. He's like, you know, been at, uh, at, uh, involved at Ole Miss forever, coached at Georgia on their national championship team. And he just retired. He's just like, I'm good. So like maybe he'd want to stay involved in football in that way. And I think he could be pretty good. Okay. Fine. I, nobody has ever asked me to make uh, a choice between me or Urban Meyer before. I'll be honest with that. For anything, uh, I feel like we just are two totally different universes in every way imaginable. Yeah. You know what? You know what is the connective fiber between you and Urban Meyer? Please don't tell me. What is it? <laughs> what it's is me. It? It's me. <laughs> I know both of you. Yikes. 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 Uh, yikes. If you uh, needed, I always think about this. I mean, this is just six degrees. This is just six degrees of Kevin Bacon. But it's like, if you needed, I always think like, uh, my wife is about to be abducted by aliens unless the aliens can talk to Urban Meyer in the next 10 minutes, right? <laughs> like, who would you call to try to make that happen? Would you call Dennis Dodd or would you call me? I covered the man for seven years. Who would you call? I'd, I'd probably call you. Right, and I'd, I'd save your you. wife. I'd, I'd save your you. wife. Yeah. So like that's – so there we are. There you go. There oh, you go. I, let's get the three of us in a room and we'll work this out. All right, no, it's up to you. You were urban. Heading into this exercise, I wanted this committee to be younger than it's been. I wanted this committee to be more open-minded than it's been. I wanted it to be a little more uh, representative of different sides of college football than it's been. When I look at this list – Urban Meyer just feels like an agent of chaos in that room. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Uh, he could almost be too strong of a personality. He's, yeah. yeah. He can be very persuasive. I, I mean, he won't tell Bo Jackson what to do, but like, right. you know, I, I think that uh, I, I think that he might be a little, I feel like we've got a very collegial room here, right? Like, okay. I think that we've got great personalities in this room. I, I think that uh, we've been really thoughtful about this. <laughs> So let's put on the co-host of the podcast that's doing it to finish it off. We've been so thoughtful. I, I think that getting somebody, you know, we'll have we'll have the player fellowship in the room. Yep. But I, I think that having somebody else who's from outside of college football who's younger could be a good thing. All right. It's you. All right. It's let's me. wrap it up. Our perfect, <laughs> the ideal college football playoff selection committee. Joel Klatt, Kirk Herbstreet, Bill Connolly. 
or some representative of the analytics community, Bill Conley, creator of SP Plus from ESPN.com. A Heisman winner, currently represented by Bo Jackson. John Urschel, currently on the committee, representing the Big Ten, former player at Penn State. Bob Stoops, representing the Big 12, former Oklahoma coach. Chris Peterson, representing the Pac-12, former Washington coach. Uh, Nina King, Duke AD, representing the ACC. Chris Vanini, writer for The Athletic, expert on the group of five. A fellowship for a recent college football player. The Condoleezza Rice outside the box smart synthesizer, perhaps from the political world. That spot, Gloria Navarez slash Martin Jarmond, somebody else from California who kind of knows what's up. Spot and the final spot, one of the co-hosts of this pod, and I lost out to Shahan. Uh, Shahan, no, but I do think I do think like another media member. Listen again, I think media members sometimes are terrible at analyzing football, but they are also probably better than anybody else. So it's not ideal, but I think like a heavier media mix that we went from the AP poll being gospel to now this group of 13 people has one media member. I do think is too far the other way. I, I, you know, again, we're in the media, but I I don't know Shahan that like a ton of fans would think that this is ridiculous. We have one, two, three, four, five media members on our 13-person committee. That actually sounds more right to me than one. And it also sounds more right than 13 of 13. Yeah, no, and and I mean, so, you know, and two full-time writer types, right? Like, and I think that it's nice because with some of these media members, we get former players, right? So, no, I mean, I, I think that it makes sense. I mean, for me too, right? When you look at the AP poll, one of my big complaints with it isn't that it exists, because obviously, uh, we like we mentioned, I'm I'm a fan of it. It's that I think that we don't do a good job of selecting selectors because we pick primarily beat writers, right? We pick pick primarily people who are covering one school. You know, I think that uh, I, I think that I even look at some of the people who do conference wide coverage, for example. I, I, I look at the people, obviously, who do national coverage. I I feel like that's a better perspective when you're trying to put together a national poll, but it, it tends to be. You know, the the Boise State beat writer and the, the Clemson beat writer. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, they're not really watching games other than the games that they're watching. That's not true for, you know, I mean, on this committee, me or Chris Vanini, right? I mean, we're right. watching. Or Joel Klatt or Kirk Herbstreit. Totally. So I think it makes sense. I, I think that, you know, obviously you don't want to gatekeep media access to you know talking about this stuff right like i mean i think that involving beat writers is also a good thing but i think that getting people who whose job it is to have perspective on the sport is probably a good thing no i think that's right i voted in the ap poll for i don't know six or seven or eight years and it's really hard and again there's a lot of problems with the ap poll they should give you more time you cover a game all day saturday and your ballot's due by noon on sunday it's like when am i supposed to actually research this i covered my team i got home at midnight my ballot's due at noon and i have to sleep like how what do you want me to do so i did the best i could i sort of came up with a way of doing it that a lot of people hated but at least i was like i had principles about it i'm not saying i was the world's that i well i was i was better than everybody else who voted <laughs> then i wasn't great but i was better than everybody else but it's a very difficult thing but it is beat writers you know that's like by definition the guy like i'm no longer our beat writer for ohio state our beat writer is a voter 
Nathan Baird. He's one of the voters. It's like there's three voters in Ohio and he's one of them. And he covers Ohio State every waking hour and then has to have an opinion on whether Arkansas should be 12th or 19th. And it's hard. It is hard. So I like our group. I like where our head's at. And if anybody from the actual college football playoff committee or that the group would listen to it, I think there's, you know, you don't have to put Shahan on. But I think there are some discussion points here that we could lean into a little bit. I did think we hit on some things with the type, the qualifications, the type of people. So I hope that was instructive. Uh, overall, uh, you th- the current college football playoff committee, and it's more about the types of people who were on it, not the specific people. You would give it like what percent grade? It's like 58% go- as good as it could be. It's 13%. It's... 87%? What would you say it is? I think it's like 70%. I, I mean, I don't think it's bad. I, I think that this particular iteration definitely has too many athletic directors on it. Like, it just, it, it's a crazy amount of athletic directors. And I think that there were some, some of the earlier committees tended to be a little too ex-coach centric, right? And so I, I, I think that it's not coming from a bad place. I think that the the way that they do it is relatively instructive, but I would say that they could benefit from getting people from different perspectives. I think that they could benefit from, uh, you know, getting people from different regional parts of the country. Like you talked about, that hasn't really been a priority and it doesn't have to be, but I, I think that that's a benefit. And so, no, ultimately I think that they're on the right track. I think that they just need to stop hiring just the people that they talk to in meetings. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think 70 is about right. It's better than anything we've had before, but it's not the best it could be. And to wrap up, the last thing we'll do is remind you of who these actual 13 people are that are going to determine the teams who make the playoff in the 2022 college football season. Mitch Barnhart, the Kentucky AD, Boo Corrigan, the NC State AD, Rick George, the Colorado AD, Ward Manuel, the Michigan AD, and Gene Taylor, the Kansas State AD. Then Tom Berman, the Wyoming AD, Chet Gladchuk, the Navy AD, Joe Taylor, who is a longtime former coach, but also currently happens to be the current AD at Virginia Union. He's kind of more like a former coach than he is a current AD, but he's also a current AD. So that's eight. Then you have Kelly Whiteside, longtime writer at USA Today, who's retired. Rod West, former Notre Dame linebacker, who's now a successful businessman. John Urshel, academic, former Penn State player. Will Shields, All-American lineman at Nebraska, now a businessman. And Jim Grobe, former coach at Wake Forest. That's your group of 13. I think our group's a little bit better. I think they can open their minds a little bit. I, I will say I, I like that they have somebody from an HBCU background on there. That's probably one thing that we could have considered. Obviously, HBCU football typically is not played at the FBS level, but but I think that having the perspective can still be something that's really valuable. So maybe we get that with somebody from a government perspective. Maybe we find somebody who has HBCU mm-hmm. connections or, or something like that. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think that's smart. Um, OK, that's our committee. Next week on this show, we're going to start getting into teams that deserve to be in the college football playoff discussion. We established on the Apple show this week who those teams should be, who the baseline teams are. We'll start adding teams to the conversation and ranking all those teams in the discussion in different areas. That's how we started this show a year ago. That's how we'll continue it between now and the start of the college football season. Time to get down 
to the football, which, frankly, we've been getting down to for like two months because, again, we did a preview in every major conference. So for now, for future college football playoff selection committee member Shahan J. Haraja, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was the College Football Survivor Show. The College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line.